On this episode of the Film Optics Podcast, it looks like AMC theaters are pushing back the reopening date to July 30th. It also looks like next-gen gaming titles are going to be priced at $70 a pop. Holy crap, that's a lot. Let's jump in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Film Optics, where we bring you the headline hot takes of entertainment news. And we are brought to you, we're brought to you, Devin, by the Drive-In Podcast Network. Make sure to check out uh, musiccitydrivein.com and see all of our podcasts that are on the network. Uh, This is something that they announced on Twitter a few days ago. Uh, We're very excited to be a part of this network and keep a lookout for more collaborations on the podcast. And we have a uh, few we want to uh, announce later on. Uh, So, yeah, we we got some some pretty uh, fun projects headed your way. So uh, we're just happy to be here and, you know, happy to, you know, promote and share each other's content. Um, And, yeah. I'm your host, Christian, and today we'll, we will, of course, be talking about the world of film, TV, and everything pop culture related. We have a lot to talk about today, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and my co-host, Devin. How are you doing, man? It's 4th of July weekend, and we got a three-day weekend. Three-day weekend, baby. We're going to be social distancing, yeah. not trying to go out. You know, Hopefully everyone does, but no one will. Nope. I mean, hopefully. I mean, it's kind of glad we won't hear all the fireworks because. Of, oh, I'm you know. sure. I'm sure I will. I've, I've been hearing them every night, basically here. Really? I've heard a few here or there. Nothing too crazy on my side of town, but on my buddy's side. On he lives on the east side, Nashville, and um, yeah, it's it's um way more liberal over there when it comes to the uh, firework uh, issue going on, but. Hey, it is what it is, I guess. Um, but before we begin today's uh, topics, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Red Circle, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and of course on YouTube. Uh, we're not live streaming this week um, just because uh, I didn't have a thumbnail ready, and um, I have tomorrow to kind of polish up this podcast since we don't work, and yeah, we just didn't. <laughs> we just did live stream today, but that's fine because we're a podcast, so it doesn't really matter. It's going to be up on YouTube either way. But uh, as I said, we have a lot to talk about today. A lot of gaming news uh, hit the streets. Uh, a lot of uh, not controversial stuff, but uh, we got some pretty interesting uh, comic book news as well. So I guess we'll just start off with that. Uh, do you want to take this first one, Devin? Or get some spicy, spicy mm. tea. Dropped by uh, Drop the that Hollywood tea. Reporter here. Yeah, you, you <laughs> drop tea. That's a thing. <laughs> We're sipping this tea. All right, let's mm. see. So Justice League actor Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg, is speaking out about his time working with Joss Whedon on 2017's Justice League. For those of you who don't know, Joss Whedon came in and, and tried to pick up the, the scraps that were left behind when Zack Snyder had to step down due to unfortunate circumstances. So Joss Whedon had to try to put this weird puzzle together, and it ended up not working at all. It was terrible. But apparently, (laughs) um, 
Ray Fisher mentions that the onset treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable by Joss Whedon, Jeff Jones, and John Berg. Mm. Well, yeah, I, don't, I don't really know what to think here. It's kind of <laughs> random, but not it great. Is a ra- yeah, it, I mean, it is a random uh, statement. Um, I mean, Ray Fisher was... I mean, he was fine as Cyborg. I prefer the uh, Doom Patrol cy- Cyborg. I forgot the actor's name. But um, I don't know. I mean, you know, a lot of crazy stuff happens throughout, you know, the sets of these movies. You know, we, we've heard some crazy stuff about um, Mr. Uh, Jared Leto, you know, playing as a Joker, trying to get into the character. So, um I mean, you know, Ray Fish is sitting here saying that it's completely unacceptable. You know, it's not, I mean, it's his word against theirs. I'm not saying that he's lying because, again, I, mean, I don't know Josh, Josh Whedon person, uh, personally. So, I mean, it there could. Really, there really is no reason for him to lie, though. He doesn't really gain anything. By that is this. very true. That is very true. I mean, Josh Whedon, he's a great director. You know, I'm sure that a lot of people are difficult to work with. But, yeah, I mean. It sucks. I mean, I guess I would care more if I liked the movie, but I mean, I guess, you know, hopefully whatever personal, you know, squabble they are having, um, hopefully it's been um, put to rest. You know, hopefully this isn't like a continuous thing, but I mean. I don't think you should be named Joss and be able to be abusive. It's a bad name. That is Joss. a pretty bad Josh. Jo- For the long, longest what time, I called him Josh. Mean? It should be Josh. Just <coughs> change it to Josh. Yeah. I mean, you can legally change your name. I wonder how much it costs to change one letter of your name. But uh, he also did uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. And he, the first Avengers. The first Avengers, yeah. I mean, I, I liked Age of Ultron. A lot of people didn't, and that that's totally fine. Um, I thought it was... A dandy fine movie. I I mean, out of all the Avengers, it's definitely the worst, but I still find some entertainment in it. So but yeah, um good for Ray Fisher for speaking out. I mean, it's always nice when actors kind of speak out about this um unprofessional behavior because I'm sure they don't want anyone else going through these same trials and tribulations they did with uh certain directors. So good for you, Ray Fisher, for speaking out. We're here for you. <laughs> but uh, next up on our list, this has made no sense to me, Devin. And I found this story um, uh, came from Screen Rant. Well, it's it's D- well, we all know HBO Max and DC Universe. So apparently DC Universe is offering a discount on HBO Max subscription upgrade. Uh, subscribers are now. DC Universe subscribers are now eligible to get an upgrade that allows them to view HBO Max uh, at a discount through 2020. So just, just combine them already. What are we yeah, doing here? I, I don't know why this is even a thing. Currently, HBO Max is like $14.99. And uh, for DC Universe subscribers, <laughs> they can purchase a subscription to HBO Max for just 5 bucks a month. And it's like... Why? Why aren't they just How together? How much is DC the DC Universe subscription? Um, I think it's like eight or nine dollars. So you save like two dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's real. I actually, I think it is like seven ninety nine. I'm pretty sure it's seven ninety nine because I tried it out for a bit and like it's enticing because you know it doesn't cost much. But 
I'm, it's, this is HBO Max. This is supposed to be your flagship. Please it's, just. It's literally called Max. Like, yeah. How <laughs> about you get the maximum? Not HBO half full or like HBO Max half full, the glass half full. It's like, you just put all your stuff in. Ugh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I don't get it. Like, this is, this is the point of having a streaming service. So you have all of your content in one place. You know, obviously, you know, they lease out certain shows and movies to other streaming services. But, you know, when those um, deals come to an end, when those contracts come to an end, just bring them back home. And there's no reason to take them off. There literally is no reason. You own them. This is supposed to be your flagship Streaming service. So I don't know why they keep doing this like at all. But it is what it is. Um, let's just move on. Do you want to take the next story? <laughs> More Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle news. Seems Ooh. like every week we're getting some of this. Mm. Uh, we're getting a, a TMNT a CG movie reboot from Nickelodeon and the production <laughs> company run by Seth Rogen. Hey. That's not a bad thing, right? <laughs> I, just, I don't know. Do we need more TMNT? Not really. They've tried so many times. They really have. I feel like TMNT fans are a bit older. Um, I'm not saying that you know their time in the spotlight isn't done, but I would definitely put it to rest for a while. Um, but apparently, because I think there was a TMNT like X like crossover with Batman movie recently. Um, I didn't watch it but i don't know i mean it's all about that sweet green so cool i I don't really have much to say about this i don't really care but um it's teenage mutant ninja turtles i'm sure there's a lot of tmnt fans out there so uh kudos to you for getting more content i guess i mean if you watch nickelodeon that's (laughs) it's on you or or if, if your kids watch nickelodeon they're probably just trying to marginalize on the younger uh Younger uh, audience out there anyway, so cool. We'll see. I guess. Yeah. But we got some Spider-Man. More of, a, more of a PSA here. Yeah. They're, actually, yes, this is. Um, so Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse producer says, wear a damn mask <laughs> if you want new content. It's that and simple, folks. It really is. Don't wear it like, on your chin. It's not a chin guard. It's a face mask. It's supposed to cover your mouth because... Believe it or not, no matter how many times you brush brush your teeth, your your mouth is pretty dirty. Everyone's mouth is extremely dirty. So, yeah, Um, make sure you wear your mask so that we can start going back to the fucking theater. (laughs) Please, because... Just don't be stupid. I know it's hard not to be stupid, but don't be stupid. Phil Lore and Chris Miller, they are the, the men of tomorrow. Chris Miller, his, his direct quote is, there's a bunch of movies and shows that are hoping to start production soon, including some of ours. <laughs> but they won't be able to go if COVID numbers keep rising. So if you want fresh new content, please wear a damn mask and stop to help uh, and help stop the spread. He said this a few days ago on the 26th of June. So It isn't an attack on your liberty. Just put a mask on. <laughs> You know, one of my friends actually tweeted, no, I think she posted on Facebook and she had said, you know, if, if wearing a mask is, you know, a part of, you know, your, you know, your, your liberty, your freedom, whatever. 
she was like, I want half of you guys who have a problem wearing masks to walk down the street naked because that's essentially the same freaking thing. It's like, no, we wear clothes because, A, I mean, nobody wants to rub their junk everywhere, and you're way more, you know, germs getting everywhere. It's, it's just stupid. The, the people that don't want to wear a mask are also the people that complain when breastfeeding is done in public and they want that covered up. Yep. Yeah. Ex- exactly. And uh, I don't. I don't get it, man. I. I truly don't. It's. It, it actually it baffles me when like you you have like a family of four and then like I see the parents wearing masks, but there's none for the kids. And I'm like, your kids are more at risk of getting this than you because they don't have very strong immune systems. So what are you doing? Every single elderly person I see is wearing a mask. I wear a mask and I still wear gloves. And it's allergy season, and every single time that I sneeze, and I still cover my mouth even though I have my mask on. And people still look at me weird. They're like, oh, my God, did that man just sneeze? Like, did, did you hear that? Like, oh, are you sick? I'm like, no, it's allergy season in case you forgot. Well, Claritin can only do so much. I, I don't know what else to say, but getting off topic. <laughs> Um, you want to take this next next piece of news? Uh, some more Spidey news we got here. Sony Pictures Sony Animation news. Chief Christine <laughs> Belson is hoping that COVID nineteen could see a rise in um, demand for R rated and PG thirteen titles. So we mm-hmm. might get some R rated animated content here. Do you think that? I mean, obviously, we all know that PG thirteen is. Normally the safe bet and way to go. And there's a lot you can get away with PG-13. But do you think that the market's like, it's oversaturated with PG-13? Like, do you think people are just ready for more rated R content? Um, I mean, I don't know. It's so There's been so few rated R animated movies. Like, there's been yeah. there's Sausage Party. <laughs> like, what, what else even was there? Um, ooh. That's a good question. Because it's like a lot of things that are animated that are like essentially rated R are like TV shows. I mean, you know, it would bring it Morty with Family Guy, South Park, yeah. um, you know, things of that but nature. I mean, it could just be the beginning of the market for rated R animated movies. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely like this. Because, I mean, it's, it's this really weird notion that like in America that like cartoons equal, you know, kids <clears throat> like entertainment but like i've watched a lot of anime that has way more blood and way more sexual themes out there than mickey mouse's house club or whatever door the explorer but even you see it in like in the dcau and the animated universe a lot of their shows i mean excuse me their movies are like i mean they have a lot of blood like justice league dark apocalypse war was like a bloodbath there was a um, Mortal Kombat movie that came out, animated, and it's just, it's it's rated R in all its glory. I mean, I, I would like to see more of it. I mean, just because it's animated doesn't necessarily mean it's for kids, and just and it's kind of vice versa. Just because kids are in a movie of any sort does not necessarily mean it's for children as well. It doesn't mean it's PG thirteen. Stranger Things, I wouldn't really say that's recommended for children but i mean up to a certain age but like um what was it oh my gosh drawing a blank i had another example but i am drawing a blank on it but that's okay but yeah i, I would like to see some more 
rated R content out there. I mean, PG-13 is cool, but I'm hoping we get a little bit more there. So, I don't know. Um, They've done it before. Yeah, yeah, they've done it before. Man, that other example is really, really bugging me now. I can't even... (laughs) Excuse me, I can't even remember what it was. That's okay. But um, Doctor Strange 2 is our next news story here. Um, (laughs) Chiwetel? Chiwetel? Edge, man, that I can't even. Okay, so um, Mordo, Mordor, Mordo, 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 excuse me, is confirmed Mordor. to come back and Crossing str- over. is coming back to Doctor Strange too. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. this came out a while ago, but I, he just now con- like confirmed, confirmed, confirmed it. it. I'm assuming that's the director of Doctor Strange too. But no, no that's, that's Sam actor. Raimi. My God. Yeah. Oh, that is the actor. Okay. I'm sorry. My gosh. I am. I'm all over the place today, man. I'm losing it. It's been a long day at work. I'm just excited. It's the weekend. So forgive me, everyone out there listening. So yes, uh, Barry Mordo will be join. Oh, be returning in Doctor Strange 2. Last time we saw him, uh, I think he was in the post credit scene. He didn't necessarily agree with uh, Mr. Strange and his... Uh, doings of the time stone and he he fled after their uh master at past spoilers so if you haven't seen it should have seen it by now sorry <laughs> but you want to take this next bit of news that kind of is supposed to you know mix into a little dr strange 2 madness we got some some good uh marvel tv show news here. yeah this is the uh the prelude to the movie hmm um wandavision has been confirmed to have more than six episodes I think That's I saw so like nine or ten was the number. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think it was like nine or ten. Some people are saying that it's eight episodes, but it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, two two more episodes can definitely um, make or break a show, especially if they're an hour long. Yeah, uh, Game of Thrones, perfect example. We should have got ten episodes in season seven and season eight, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, it, it just it just adds to the story. I'm kind of glad that this is happening. Um, I mean, I'm not it's saying gonna that be, it's going to be a wild show. You already can just tell. Oh, yeah. I, I going for it. Yeah. Like, I actually think that this is, out of all of them, I would say WandaVision, you know, between Winter Soldier and Loki and this, I would say WandaVision is my number one, and then Loki, and then Winter Soldier, only because, like, I feel like we already know what we're going to get with Winter Soldier. I feel like everyone's expecting it just to be, like, I mean... Um, Captain. Uh, oh my gosh, the Falcon in, in Winter Soldier versus the Winter Soldier movie. I feel like more people are just gonna, it, more people are going to expect it to be like that. But uh, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on uh, with this before we move on? Can't wait! Can't wait! <laughs> got some Disney Plus news. Just a Ooh. couple of releases that people should know about: Avengers: Infinity War and the X Men movies. Yeah, they're coming to Disney Plus. It's about time. I think Avengers Affinity War was the last MC. I think all the MCU, MCU movies are on there besides Spider-Man. Uh, I think Homecoming. they might need Ant-Man and the Wasp still, mm, maybe. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen Infinity War or just want to watch on Disney Plus, it's there. Uh, great movie. Fantastic movie. Um, so... And then we also have the uh, the OG X Men movies are coming to Disney Plus, which is always a good thing. You know they're they're reclaiming back what's theirs. Um, so 
uh, I don't know what uh, date. It looks okay. So it looks like the original X Men movies are coming to Disney Plus on August seventh. And but I don't is is Infinity War already on? Oh yeah, it is already on Disney Plus. So it's just X Men movies we're waiting for now. So cool. That's awesome. Can't wait to watch X two again. It's one of my favorites. But um, th- there is a, uh, a mutant movie out there that is not getting as much love a, as a it new should. a mutant movie that is new a, a new <laughs> mutant movie a new mutant movie yeah um, it looks like brace yourselves everybody it lo- <laughs> this this movie is just cursed it looks like uh, it may face another delay due to the uh, tenant and Mulan date changes yeah. They both got pushed back to August. They are probably going to get pushed back again. Like, <laughs> this is it's not never going to end. Everyone's saying just release it on Disney Plus. I don't, I don't think Disney can. I think there, there's some just there's put something. it on Hulu. Honestly, yeah, I'm cool with that. Or just 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 release it on Blu-ray. Release it on Blu-ray, home video for people just to buy it because I I really do want to watch it. And it's like, I mean, no matter how bad it is, but I don't think it's going to be that terrible. But I don't think it's going to be like the best movie in the world. I feel like it's going to probably fall somewhere in the middle for me like um, Sonic the Hedgehog did. Because we all knew that it wasn't going to be that good of a movie, but making Sonic look the way that he should did make it better. And then we also had um, Mr. Jim Carrey as well. But <laughs> I just I just want to see this movie. <laughs> I just want to see it so bad. That, that's all I want. But um, you want to take this next news story? This one's uh, kind of wild. That's very weird when I was reading through it. Yeah, It kind of came out of nowhere, but obviously <laughs> in the current landscape, it really didn't. Um, yeah, Anthony Mackie has um, come out and gone against the MCU in, in, a, in a bit of a way. He says that he finds it bothersome that the seven films he has made in the MCU have been directed by white filmmakers and feature predominantly white casts. Um, he also mentions that he finds it odd that um, Black Panther is the only movie that has had um, black filmmaker and black cast, which and in some ways it does make sense because if you have, what are they on, 20-something movies now? Yeah, like 23, something like that. You have 22 out of your 23 movies are just predominantly white, then definitely should be something to shake that up and be a little more inclusive. Yeah. Shouldn't have to to take a Black Panther movie to get more inclusive um, crews. Yeah, because when I read through this, I was like, I... mm. Our articles were spinning it and putting it in a headline that sounded... Different than the yeah, actual they quote. D- they did. Yes, they, 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 they just, really they did. They just put Anthony Mackie thinks MCU is racist because Black Panther. That's yeah, pr- pr- pretty much. And I was so confused. And I see where he's coming from. And like, I I just like to. I mean, you know me, obviously. I like to. I'd like to look at things from both perspectives and try to meet somewhere in the middle. But you know, sometimes you just have to take a side. Um, I can't. I mean, I can't say that like Disney is racist because they've definitely. I mean, Disney's come a very long way, and you know they they've had a lot of you know 
people of color. Their, their last like animated, like hand-drawn animated film was Princess and the Frog, and people fucking love it. It's a very good film. But unfortunately, you know, they don't really go down that route anymore with hand-drawn animation. But um, I mean, there, there's a lot of things I feel like, you know, Disney definitely needs to work on inclusiveness, but I don't feel like race is one of them. I feel like they are pretty diverse in that aspect. But coming from his perspective, I can definitely see, yeah, when he's saying, you know, it it shouldn't take a movie about, you know, a black superhero to have a black director. Um, but I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, we get Shang Chi's coming up, um, and I mean, we we get Blade. I mean, I don't really know Blade. We don't really even know who the director of Blade is. But like, you know, these things do take time. Um, definitely, I guess you can say it is a problem. I'm more of just a go of the flow kind of person. You know, I mean, if even if the majority of the MCU was directed by like all black, you know. Uh, majority of all black directors it was like the other way around and there was like a few like you know caucasian filmmakers i i would love them all the same but that's just me but um i i kind of see where he's coming from but yeah did you have anything else you wanted to add i don't think so i think he's he's definitely got a point here and i think um there, there should be changes made hopefully yeah. they will for sure um, so let's move on to the Comic-Con at Home TV schedule. Looks like they have um, been cooking up some nice stuff here. Um, Comic-Con at Home attendees will tune into the latest looks and updates from television. Man, there's, there's some random ones in here. There is American Dad, uh, Bless the Hearts, Bob's Burgers, Crossing Swords, Family Guy, Fox, uh, Hellstrom, uh oh, oh there you go, Devin. Hellstrom, uh, something Total called opposites. Next. Ooh, there we go. Stump Town, whatever. I that think is. I've heard of that before somewhere. It has Kobe Smolders in it? It sounds familiar. Mm, Kobe Smolders. Okay. Uh, the Walking Dead. A lot of Walking Dead, like four different ones. Yeah, yeah. The Walking Dead, uh, World Beyond the Walking <laughs> Dead. Uh, there was another one on here. Uh, fear, fear of the walking dead. <laughs> so yeah, uh, cool. I guess it's, I mean, the only thing I'm really interested in here is like solar opposites and maybe Hellstrom. That's about it. What about yeah, you? We, we mentioned it a few weeks back. We're, we're pretty excited to see if Comic-Con can pull it off this year. See what, see what they got cooking. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how it's going to be. If it, you know, if it's going to be more of like a PlayStation, uh, um, state of play or a Nintendo Direct type deal. I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to tackle this event as well as uh, DC's fandom event as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll just have to, you know, hopefully get some more uh, updates longer down later down the line. But we do have a new update. They're back in time. The Umbrella Academy returns July 31st. July, this is July 1st. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Let's I mean, we the we are thirsty for the return. We are very thirsty. I was like, wait, did, is it the third? I was like, oh, no, that changes everything. I'm like, no, it's the 31st. Okay. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. But yeah, I think, oh, what came out last year around this time? Oh, uh, Stranger Things 3. That's what it was. I binged it like the entire day. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, didn't it come out on 4th of July or like it did. that weekend? It did. 
Yeah, it came out on 4th of July. Yeah. And um, Homecoming came out as well. That's right. Because that came out, uh, I think it was like right before the 4th of July or on 4th of July weekend. So, yeah, Umbrella Academy Season 2 returns on Netflix. Uh, we're very excited for it. Um, maybe we could do like a quick recap of Season 1 or something like that um, before we dive into Season 2. But we'll see. And we also get The Boys coming up here pretty soon, too. But, uh, yeah, that pretty much does that does it for our uh, comic book news yeah, we have section. the most random news of the week. We should have a random news <laughs> segment. We really should. Or like the just most like random thing we we found this week. <laughs> Jason Momoa has been cast as Frosty the Snowman mm. in a live action Frosty the Snowman movie. Ooh. What? Um, yeah, you had showed me this and I was very um confused <laughs> does he I sound mean, like frosty the snowman to you surely doesn't look like my him. man <laughs> no sorry go ahead I, I don't know how this is gonna work i mean i guess weirder pairings have happened like maybe? what makes you who the casting director looking for frosty the snowman what makes you think of oh jason momoa let's get him <laughs> How do you so, put you know, that together? <laughs> you know, as a warm and, you know, Christmassy face, Jason Momoa. <laughs> well, yeah, um, we don't know when this is coming out. Sorry, my voice got a little uh, crackly there for a second. But Mr. Cal Drogo, the Dothraki, uh, um, yeah, he's playing, uh, he's playing Frosty. No, I want to know, is this like a live action or is he just doing like a voiceover for like a like animated I imagine Frosty it's going to be like Jack Frost. Mm. That classic movie. That's kind of like, like Mike, if it's Michael live, Keaton was just voicing a snowman, basically. Yeah. And I, I feel like as long as he's voicing, that's fine. But like, I don't want to see like a live action version of Jason Momoa as Frosty the Snowman. But I wonder what the requirements for that are. Shirtless as well. Frosty. Sure. <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> He probably will make an Aquaman reference. Frosty the Surf Man. <laughs> Surfing Pikachu. <laughs> um, up next, we have... Um, I'm not a big Beavis and Butthead fan. Uh, I don't really watch it all that much. Actually, I've seen like a few episodes, but it looks like a reboot is in the works uh, at Comedy Central. And this comes from Variety. Um, are you a big Beavis and Butthead fan? <laughs> um, not... Uh- Huge one. I remember playing the game on mm. whatever system that was, but that was a while ago. That was a good time. Yeah. Um, like the series officially did launch the year after I was born. So it was on MTV, Viacom, CBS, it looks like. Um, it is important that they got the original creator, Mike Judge, on board. Yeah. I, I, I think. also created Silicon Valley and Office he, Space. Very funny. I still need to watch Silicon Valley. There's so much TV shows that I need to watch. It's just, it's insane, dude. I haven't even been watching that much movies, to be completely honest. I've just been playing through The Last of Us and just actually, and I've been watching a lot of actually, I've been watching a lot of Big Bang Theory. I'm almost done. I'm just, I'm trying to watch it all in its entirety because why would you do that to yourself? Well, because I stopped at like season nine, like during college, 
and I want to like see it through. So I just started over from the beginning. <laughs> I mean, it's been a fun ride, but I'm kind of ready for it to be over so I can watch some other stuff. It's weird with sitcoms to me because I mean, a lot of them I've already I've already seen, so I can kind of like get up, move around, and do whatever, and you know, listen to in the background. But it's literally from like season nine onward, from season nine to season twelve is what I need to watch. So. I'm on season 10. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, do you want to take this next interesting news story? Apple's piling them up. Mm. First, they got the uh, Scorsese DiCaprio movie. Mm-hmm. Now they're getting the Will Smith Antoine Fuqua Emancipation movie. Fuqua. Looks like they paid quite the handsome amount. Let's see how much. <laughs> Ooh, how much is a handsome amount worth? Hmm. The article is not showing it. I remember seeing yeah. it was like 120 million or something. Yeah, it was it was between Warner Brothers and Apple. And Apple TV Plus, for those of you who don't know, it's Apple's Apple streaming service, but they've been on the come up. Like people were kind of making fun of them for a bit because they're like, oh, you know, you're paying like six bucks a month for like let us know content. It's like, well, you gotta you gotta think about it. Like I mean, Apple's, like, new to this game. Like, we all remember when Netflix, like, was, like, first became popular because you used to have to, and I think they still do this, they still mail, like, movies to your home. But, I mean, for the longest time, Netflix didn't have, like, anything. Hulu had, like, nothing. It takes a long time. You can't just expect these directors to come up with all these super random, like, amazing uh, original shows like it takes time it takes time to build a service it takes mean, time to build a fan base blind isn't worth it that, uh, that awful show is no called? c it's called c, c. yeah yeah um Might as well i watched yeah i watched halfway through it it was it was it's a very interesting concept and there was some episodes i really liked the fighting choreography in that show is actually really good but i started calling it discount dothraki because it just it's just you know, Game of Thrones, Dothraki, but everyone's freaking blind. But it's interesting because, you know, they live in the current world, but everyone who is born, pretty much everyone is born blind. So it's it's kind of like, you know, they're reverting back to, you know, like the Stone Ages. But there's two kids who are able to see, and there's like a few people who can see. It's weird, but anyway, I'm just excited for Dickinson season two. And the morning show actually isn't all that bad either. But I also want to watch Mythic Quest as well because I hear that's actually pretty good. And, I mean, Apple's just stacking them up. It takes time, like we said. So, I mean, I'm definitely on board. Um, I'm just waiting for that for that season two of Dickinson. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Haley Seinfeld. You, uh, um, you take this next door. Yes. I'll be right, I'll be right back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, there is a little movie out there called Midsummer or Midsummer, however you want to pronounce it. Um, there was a um, a few days ago, A twenty four, the studio dropped a Midsummer director's cut that is coming with a Martin Scorsese intro and more. Wow, he's making a lot of uh, noise back there, isn't he? That's all right. So you can never have enough Midsummer. A24 seems to know it because this director's cut, cut um, there's the Blu-ray version and the 4K version. And I'm pretty sure they actually cost around the same. And they actually cost the same. Uh, you spend 45 bucks 
So what do you get for that 45 bucks? You get this quoted, awesome A24 um, shop page. You get the director's cut, which is, I believe the, it is, it comes with extra 33 minutes of the movie. So the movie is normally around 171 minutes. Um, We get it in 4K, which is huge for A24. Not a lot of their movies are in 4K, which is big. I'm a big 4K collector myself. Um, I hate horror films, but I love this movie. I love Florence Pugh. Um, the first movie I saw with Florence Pugh was, um, oh my gosh, it was the wrestling movie, and I'm blanking Fighting on Fighting with my the family. Name. Fighting with my family. I never yes. saw that one. It was actually, well, I mainly went to go see it because of Lena Headley. Heedy. Lena Heedy. And then I was like, oh, who's this girl? And then, you know, Midsummer time comes out, you know, she started to get some more recognition. But like, you really can't tell, like, you had to like go back because she was wearing like a black wig. So it's like totally different than what she looks now. But additionally, the collector's edition comes with a textured cloth uh, slipcase, which looks gorgeous wherever you choose to put it. <laughs> but um, yeah, Ari Aster, uh, Martin Scorsese has been giving Ari Aster some nice little praise there as well. But I'm just really excited that this is the extended directors the director's cut of the movie and it's coming out in 4k those are the two big selling points for me um i don't know because normally movies come with if you buy like a 4k copy it comes with the blu-ray the standard blu-ray disc and the 4k disc but i'm not sure if you'll get both i mean i already have the theatrical cut but i'm just excited for this uh 45 bucks it is a little bit pricey, but I feel like you get a lot for your money. And I know a lot of other people out there who were um, who have also uh, made this nice little purchase. So I'm very excited to you dive should, back you into You should make summer. your mom, watch, mom and dad watch it. Like I oh, I'll, I'm going to wa- make everybody watch it. Like I'm going to make all my friends down here watch it because they still haven't seen it. I just showed my friend Dylan Jojo Rabbit for the first time the other night because we were trying to find a movie to watch. And he was like, oh, what's Jojo Rabbit? I was like, never seen Jojo Rabbit? He likes it a lot. So, um, so. yeah. <laughs> but Martin Scorsese, really quick, he said right from the start, he was impressed by Ari Aster. Uh, he was a young filmmaker who obviously knew cinema and giving Ari Aster some high praise from the director of Hereditary, which I actually still haven't seen. And I want to watch it. I think I'm going to watch Prime. it this week. It is on Prime. I think I'm going to watch it this weekend and Midsommar. Um, you know, Martin Scorsese giving uh, Ari Aster some nice praise there. So congratulations, Ari. You did it. <laughs> I think he's got a horror comedy coming out next. He does. What do you say? Like yeah. a six hour horror comedy. So that'll be pretty cool. But yeah, I'm just, it's, it's a nice little purchase. Um, but you want to take this next one? This is AMC. A AMC. AMC. I love they're, that they're, network. <laughs> Along with movie delays, we're getting a theater Mm-mm. delay here. Uh-oh. The theaters are no longer opening July 15th and are pushed back to July 30th. What are your I'm, thoughts about I'm sure thing? they'll be pushed back again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have been saying on Twitter that I think, I, I honestly think theaters should not open until next year. As much as it pains me, because everybody wants to see Tenet. Everyone wants to see Dune. I mean, Mulan, A Quiet Place, part two. Like, I want to see it so bad. But health is important. Your life is important. And we're not going to be able to watch these movies if we're all dead. So let's, uh, or if we're all sick, 
it's it's just going to make things worse. So yeah, stay inside this 4th of July. Because I am. <laughs> but uh, that does it for our general uh, miscellaneous news here. We have quite a few gaming thing, uh, news to talk about as well. Um, this first news story, um, I feel like we're going to spend a little bit of time on. But um, it looks like... Um, so with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X launching this holiday season, of course, there are going to be some games that are going to be cross-generation, uh, cross which means that they will come out on the current generation, which is the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and on the upcoming generation, which is the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. So game, sports games, um, such as 2K, um, 2K21, is it? Yeah. Yeah, so 2K21, um, it looks like next-gen retail price is going up another $10, man. $69.99 for NBA 2K21 on the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and the PS4. Oh no, yeah. So it looks um it looks like uh on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox One version. So it it they're essentially gonna be charging at 60 bucks for cross generation. Um I oh well I want to get your thoughts first really quick. What 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 are your main concerns? Because I know we were kind of talking about this earlier and how this how this will affect uh PC gaming as well. First off, I think I just think it's funny that NBA two K is the the game that like breaks open the floodgates for other games upping the price because it would be them though wouldn't they're, it they're they're known for just being one of the greediest microtransaction <laughs> games out there and they come out with the game every year with minuscule improvements just like yeah. most other sports games so it's just funny that they're the ones to to break this news open cuz i'm guessing most other games are going to follow suit probably like, why wouldn't you if it's been set as a standard, basically. Yeah, I mean, imagine paying ten bucks more for a cross-gen game that's still being made to support the base Xbox One and the base PlayStation Four. Like that's just insane. It it just doesn't. I don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, we we've seen these jumps before when um when it was going from. Uh, the PS2 and the original Xbox and Nintendo game. Well, Nintendo stuck to the $50 mark until the, I believe it was, oh my gosh, the Wii U. So for the longest time, or at least for the longest we've been gaming, when we were kids, um, games only cost $50. And then when the PS3 360 came out, um, they upped the price up to $60. No, yeah, the well the PS3 360, it was sixty dollars and it stayed stagnant from, you know, uh, 360 PS3 to PS4 Xbox One and it looks like they're going up again. I mean, games are very expensive to make. We all know this, um, but it's just it's interesting because I wanted to know what this meant for Xbox Smart Delivery, but I kind of looked into it. So not every game is going to have the smart delivery upgrade, which makes sense. That's a case-by-case -case basis. We all know that Cyberpunk 2077 
will have that option on the Xbox, and apparently it will have it on PlayStation 5 as well. So that's pretty interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, an extra $10, like, it may not seem like a lot, but if they're going to be charging this much, I expect there to be, like, little to no microtransactions in games. But I know that's not going to happen. It's, not with 2K. Just, yeah, especially not with 2K. It's just... Uh, I mean, 2K... Ryan McCaffrey put out a tweet um, that did a good job of explaining it because... Ooh, did he? Um, Go ahead. Share, he mentioned share that... Uh, the inflation numbers between 2006 and now have, would have the price of a game being like I think it was around 76. So he he mentions that he he wasn't surprised by this uptick. The, the only thing that bothers me is that I don't think the the graphical updates have changed enough to warrant such a price upgrade. Yeah, I mean they're better, but how much better? Like and not that's the thing that much. Right. obviously, when you went from PS2 to PS3, that was pretty big. That's a huge leap of graphical and you know performance, right? Um, yeah, but it just doesn't seem like it's enough to warrant the upgrade now. If they're going to do that, then these studios need to realize, because for the longest time, since like the early 2000s, PC gaming... People have been well. People who play on a PC have been gaming at 60 FPS plus since like the early 2000s. It is just it's 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 always been the standard. And for consoles, you know, it is it is a case by case situation with each um, development team how they want to um, you know how they want their game to look and how they want their game to run. A lot of these. Uh, developers, especially Ubisoft with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, have chose to go the 30 FPS route because they say it looks quote unquote more cinematic. Devin, I want to ask you, when was the last time that you played a single player game or just or just any game in general? Let's say you're playing Rocket League and you're like, you know what? I want Rocket League to look more cinematic. Let me lower the FPS on my PC so that I can get that sweet 30 frames per second. Uh, that sounds awful. It sounds terrible. <laughs> Everyone who plays any competitive game knows you lower the graphics as much as possible to get as many frames as possible. Right. And a lot of studios, and they, they always do this, they always prioritize the way a game looks over the way that it runs. And I get it. You want your game to look pretty. You want your game to look attractive. But sometimes there's like so many indie games out there like Celeste that run like you can run like 60 FPS plus on your PC. Like nobody cares. Graphics aren't everything. It is the gameplay. As long as the gameplay is good, you know, then, then you're fine when it comes to like platformers, or, you know, multiplayer games. If you're playing a, a single-player um, uh, single experience like The Last of Us Part Two or Star Wars Fallen Order, I mean, yeah, giving it, like, at 30 FPS does give it more of a cinematic feel, but, like, it would just, it would just run so much smoother and people would have so much a better, a better time playing at 60 FPS. And, you know, we've been playing on PC for a long time. I mean, you can definitely tell when something's running at 30 versus 60. If, if anything, good... I think they should give people the option like we have on PC. You can choose how we want to play. If they want more FPS, they should be able to yeah. change some settings around and then there has been they some Right. There have been some settings. Like I know when I, well, on my PS4 Pro, 
um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, for like God of War or Horizon Zero Dawn, or especially God of War, there's two settings where you can prioritize performance over graphics and vice versa. I'm like, okay, that's that that's pretty cool. I, I, I like that a lot. But the PlayStation 4 Pro, even the Slim, um, it's Mark Cerny has even admitted to this, they were not built with airflow in mind. Those things sound like a freaking jet engine, like you're vacuuming up your apartment. It's it's And they get very, very hot. But I... I agree. Like, if if you're going to do the seventy dollar, you know, this extra ten dollar jump, you either need to cut out microtransactions or you need to give console players the option to play at sixty FPS and more more free DLC, more free DLC, and I don't really think you should be charging for online for consoles to play online. You're, You're essentially you already have internet. You are essentially paying to access the internet through a a device that you should already have access to. If you're playing Fortnite on PS4, you don't need a PlayStation Plus subscription. But on Xbox, you still do. And there's a lot of games, you know, on PlayStation that you need it for. I get it. You know, you get quote unquote free games that come with your subscription. But once that subscription's gone, you can't play those free games anymore. But I don't know. The whole $60. I mean, well, the $70 jump, I mean, I get it. It makes sense if it is next-gen exclusive, but there has to be an incentive if you're going to upgrade this. We only know of 2K21, NBA 2K, who is doing this. I don't know if it is going to be the same thing as, you know, up to the developers or if they're just all going to $70. Uh, a pop because normally once you hit the $70, $80 range, that's normally when you get into like special editions or collector's editions for games. So it's like, okay, so even these AAA games, and this is going back to what uh, Sean Layden said last week, uh, these AAA games are not sustainable the way that they're going. They spend between 80 to 150 million on these games, and there's all this extra content that doesn't really need to be there. I played Final Fantasy VII Remake, I loved it, but there's a I felt like there was a lot of um extra content in there that didn't really need to be, and it just kind of ruined like the pacing of the story. But I mean, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, a whole I mean, I, I'm, I'm expecting it to be $70, I'm not really shocked by this because. That's just how the gaming gaming industry is. I mean, they make a lot of money, more money than Hollywood, but oh well. I don't know. Um, you want to take this next? Uh, sorry for that rant. <laughs> um, you want to take this next piece of uh, news? We're getting a Fallout TV show on Amazon Prime. Mm. Interesting. From the creators of um, Westworld. Yeah. Have you watched West, uh, Westworld? Uh, a few episodes, but I never really Got into got it. In. Yeah. I never watched it. I hear it's good. I would like to, but at the same time, there's other things I prefer to watch over Westworld right now. But uh, yeah, it, just, it looks like um, video game TV shows are going to be making an appearance. We have the, uh, the Last of Us HBO series. Um, it's supposed to be... Um, uh, directed by the director of Chernobyl, forgot his name, and of course uh, the creative director of Uncharted Four and uh, The Last of Us Part One and Two, Neil Druckmann. Um, fan- I mean, fantastic choice. Um, 
I feel like if if I just don't really know what they're going to do with Fallout, but I mean, a lot of people like Westworld, so I mean, I'll give it a shot. I can't really say that I'm like super excited because, like, I mean, video games in itself, like the media, the storytelling medium there is, I feel like it's better than, you know, that of just watching something passively on the TV screen because you have more of a choice. But um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to sit and wait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. But um, that takes us that takes us to our next news uh, game news story here. Wow, we have a few more things to go. I didn't realize uh, the Summer Game Fest demo event is coming July twenty first uh, to an Xbox One near you. So, for those of you who don't know, Summer Games Fest is created by Jeff Keighley. He's a really big influencer in the gaming industry, and he also hosts the uh, Video Game Awards every single year. Um, since we are not getting E3 this year, this is kind of like an alternate uh, event. I actually prefer this because we get more content throughout the entire summer versus an entire week. And I feel like this definitely gives the content creators more breathing room to, you know, if they want to live stream these events and talk about them instead of like, okay, you know, we got playstation's conference on monday and then we have xboxes on tuesdays while well it's ea's and nintendo's and then we have ubisoft's and bethesda's within the three-day span that's a lot of coverage to you know it's, it's a lot of work but i i'm happy they're doing this but uh it looks like during the course of this uh game demo events uh, there will be somewhere between 75 and 100 games that will be playable via the Game Fest demo uh, tile on the Xbox One dashboard, which is actually pretty interesting. It's, it's This is more, you know, bringing E3 to people in their homes since people cannot go to E3 and try out these games. Um, they're not normal demos, uh, but typically you would see demos, you know, you play like for like an hour or two or just like a small little segment of a game. Uh, it looks like the demos again will be up on the X- Xbox dashboard for a week. Some might be repub- might be republished uh, to a demo channel later on, but it looks like uh, this is you know developers want to hear what people think of these games. So um, there's, there's a pretty uh, nice little list. I haven't I've heard of like maybe one or two of these. Destroy, Destroy all humans is on there. Uh, Hellpoint. Uh, there's a few others. But I'm kind of glad that these are games that people really haven't heard of because it, I think it's important to kind of like go out of your like heavy rotation of like shooters and story driven games and try something new because you actually might like it. But what do you think about this? Yeah, support indies. Yeah, that, that's what it seems seems to be. Um, there's a lot of early demos. Some won't be out for quite some time. Um, so always uh, keep that in mind they've never done this before so uh you know you, it's, you essentially get to experience these games early which is really really cool but do you want to take the next news story it's more about xbox but we know that they have a big um exclusive event coming in july to follow up after playstation's event this past month Devin? what was Devin, that either? oh yeah. i was asking uh, did you want to take the next one we got the new um, Xbox Series X event coming July 23rd. <laughs> so excited. According to VGC, Microsoft is going to have this event. 
Um, they're gonna be there's gonna be first party and third party titles showcased. We need some mm. more first party. Come on, gotta step yeah. up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's also rumors of Perfect Dark game and maybe just maybe a Fable game. Oh God, Devin, you did it! I'm ah, oh, I am. This has been rumor for like the longest time. For people who don't know, Xbox, um, they. Or Microsoft picked up, it was around 12 to 13 studios uh, within the past few years. So they have been putting in work um, and, of course, following the PlayStation 5 events. Um, Phil, Phil uh, Daddy Spencer, uh, Phil Spencer, feels um, he, he feels confident. And I believe him. You know, this is truly, you know, they've, they've lost a few exclusives, you know, or um, relations with other studios such as Bungie. Um, Xbox, Insomnia, or Insomniac. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Insomniac. Yeah, they, they had Sunset Overdrive because uh, Insomniac, Insomniac was more of a third party, but they uh, were recently purchased by uh, PlayStation uh, Studios. Um, I mean, as, as much as I talk about PlayStation, yes, I love their exclusives, but in, in order for I guess you can the console wars, whatever you want to call it. In order, in order for there to be healthy competition, you want both sides to succeed. Because if one side is succeeding for an entire generation, I mean, no, Xbox doesn't have a lot of exclusives, but they are the most consumer friendly um, gaming company out there. You know, they have backwards compatibility. It's huge. They have Xbox Game Pass, which is fantastic it essentially gives you a huge library of like a netflix style uh subscriptions you can try out all these games and if you want to buy them you can and it's all for a super low monthly fee and they have been catering to the pc community which is huge and i know a lot of people out there don't well you know they don't have any real console exclusives nobody cares I don't give two shits. You see, it's more exclusives than anybody. That is very true. That is very true. But it's like, why would you not want more people to play your game? That's Microsoft's approach. They want their games on as many screens as they possibly can. Yes, they have. They, it's, it's all about choice on Xbox. Yes, PlayStation is more of the traditional buy your console. You get these exclusive games. But it's never really been about the hardware anyway. They, they take a loss on hardware like every single year. It's all about the games that they make. That is where the money is. That's why Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC. That's why Death Stranding is coming to PC for Second Life so they can re-marginalize on these, these older titles, these legacy titles. That's why even on, even on Xbox um, Game Pass or just backwards compatibility, not ev- there's only about a, a handful of um, original Xbox games you can play backwards compatible, and there, but a lot of them are available on the digital storefront. So even if the disc doesn't work, you can buy the digital copy of it and still play it. But I mean, we, ex- I mean Xbox always holds like a little special place in my heart. I I love what they do. Like they, they are just so, you know, especially the PC community. I just, it's, it, it just makes sense. Like, why would you not want to expand your audience and to have both of your ecosystems between PC 
and Xbox play together when it comes to a lot of these games. It's, I, I mean, the whole exclusive thing, it's cool and everything, you know, it makes you feel like, you know, I have this, you don't, whatever, whatever, but, you know, I can only get this on PlayStation, but it's, um, I'm, I'm really hoping that, uh, Microsoft, I'm, I'm hoping they, they, they wow us with their, um, their new, um, event that's coming up. So we'll see. Yeah, we will see. But uh, you want to take this last bit of uh, Xbox news here? Yeah, there's a rumor that in August there will be an event where they will um, release the prices for the two consoles that they're releasing. Mm. Lockhart slash Series S. See, this is interesting because for the longest time there's been a rumor that Microsoft's been waiting for Sony to release the price of the PlayStation 5. But, I mean, August, it's it's getting to that time, you know, where the holiday season's coming up. COVID cases are <laughs> will hopefully be going down by then. And, you know, they'll be able to manufacture more of these consoles for people to play. But if not, I mean, it is getting to around that time. You know, it's, uh, I mean, what, what do you think they're going to be priced at? Well, I think neither of them announcing a price yet is a bad sign because they're not proud of the price. I it's actually not like agree a with that. Selling point for that, yeah. They would have done it already. That that That's yeah, no, five hundred minimum. Mm, yeah, I can see that. I could definitely see that. But again, if these consoles are going to cost so much, why are we getting thirty FPS games? I understand it's up to the, the to the studios, the developers. But at the same time, it is a bit ridiculous. This is. Every single new console generation, especially with the PS4 and Xbox One, everyone's like, oh, my God, you know, we can finally, you know, catch up to PC gaming when it comes to, you know, performance. Like, some games are 60 FPS. Last of Us, um, The Last of Us Remastered on the PlayStation 4, that isn't 60 FPS. It runs so much better. It looks so much better. And it's the performance is there. But I, yeah, 30, I agree with you. 30 frames is unacceptable. I, I I agree, but yeah, and I also agree with you about the price. It's you know it's they're not proud of the price. I understand they're in this like you know who's gonna blink first type of thing, but like you know, people. I mean, there's still a lot of people out there who still don't have the jobs. People out there trying to get their finances together, and you know if if a family of four want to get you know little Jimmy or Sarah uh, Xbox a new Xbox or PlayStation, I mean people need to know. I, I understand they're trying to like keep you know the suspense, but it's like uh, enough is enough. Like I, I would, well, we would already know the prices by now anyway. But um, what was it? Oh, um, Ryan McCaffrey had said, and "It's there's zero chance for the Lockhart and uh, slash Series S, which is uh, rumored to be Xbox's um, cheaper version of the Xbox Series X." Um, and he said it makes zero chance. Uh, makes zero sense that these uh series s gets announced without a price he says he bets that we'll be getting the lockout price and specs um at the august event and we'll get the series x price um and release date for both so they'll probably be out the same day as well which yeah i mean just <laughs> they just need to announce the prices already it's it, it is just a bit ridiculous like just just if it's bad, just rip the Band-Aid off now. <laughs> so yeah. at least we know. Start saving. Seriously. I mean, people need to... It's like... I mean, I don't think it's going to affect pre-order sales. I mean, PlayStation already came out and said there's going to be less 
units available uh, within the first few waves because of COVID and because of the lack of materials. But it's like, just, just release the prices. People are going to buy this stuff anyway. So why does it even matter? People who don't have any money are going to find a way to get one legally. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's about time that they do this. Um, I, know, I know you're excited about this next one. I am actually excited about these last three, but yeah, uh, the new Harry Potter game details have reportedly been revealed. Looks like it will be developed by Avalanche Software and it's scheduled to come out late next year. It looks like it's going to be an open world Hogwarts um, surrounded surrounding areas type game. Uh, J.K. Rowling will have a very little director. That being a selling point is very funny. Well, I mean, after what she had said, yeah, yeah. she's she's not great. But it's like, I mean, what does J.K. Rowling know about video games anyway? As long I feel like I feel like her main concern would be as long as you know the characters she created look like they're supposed to or i mean i i don't know if they're gonna look like their movie counterparts because i feel like that's gonna cost a little bit more you know what i mean hopefully hopefully the game shows us how wizards piss <laughs> or take shits yeah Thanks, whisk JK. them away <laughs> i mean it was just a random piece of news that i don't think anyone really needed to know but whatever um and apparently this will be revealed at the dc fandom or fandom Spe- speaking of mm. Another game is also being revealed on is August 22nd. DC a Green Lantern Fandome. game? Is it a Green Lantern game? Superman? Superman Cyborg? game. Cyborg. Titans? Aquaman. <laughs> the next Batman Shazam. game will reportedly Ooh. be revealed on that date at DC Fandom. Very exciting. Right now, we can already tell that Batman's going to oversweep uh, or it's going to overshadow um the Harry Potter game, unless this Harry Potter game completely blows us away, but it's going to be RPG because I mean, how else would you make a Harry just, Potter game? These two news items are just more evidence that someone needs to buy the <laughs> Warner Brothers video game. <coughs> <coughs> it's off. Yeah, like just look at the. Could you the imagine possibilities that this this uh, company has? But then a lot of people will get pissed. They're like, "Oh, well, Batman's gonna like if if this." What's possible if Microsoft ended up buying uh, Warner Brothers, uh, WB Games, and let's say if Batman games were exclusive to uh, Microsoft platforms when it comes to PC and Xbox. I don't think there would be a lot of backlash, but I feel like there would be from the Sony community because they would complain. But it's like, well, I mean, get Spider-Man. We'll have Batman. You do have a yeah, you you do have a s- exclusive Spider-Man game franchise at this point because the Miles Morales Spider-Man's coming out holiday and we know we're, there's going to be a, another Spider-Man 2 because this is more supposed to be a a standalone in between game between the first b- between the first and the sequel. So it's like, I mean, tough luck. I mean, you know, I I've, I've seen so many Sony gamers out there saying, "Oh, you know, Sony's the best and, you know, suck at Xbox uh Xbox, whatever the hell they call them, or suck at Xbox gamers and stuff like that. It's like, no, that's not why people play games. I, I do think I don't really necessarily agree with the whole exclusive thing. I haven't for a while. Just I think it's ridiculous that we have to own multiple consoles just to play, you know, a few exclusive games here or there. My friend, he already has an Xbox uh, One X and he has a 
and and then he wanted to play Smash Brothers and a few other Switch games, so he had to buy a Switch. And now he wants to play PlayStation, so he has to play that. It's like, yeah, like that's the name of the game, but like, I mean, I've said it before. Imagine if you're watching freaking movies and it's like, oh well, Sony uh, Blu-ray players can only play, uh, you know. Sony uh, Sony Picture movies and so on and so forth with everything else. That just sounds so ridiculous to me. All all and Sony has to do is make their games available for PC, like all of them, like Xbox does. That yeah, that's literally I would, all they I would have hate to do. Them so much less if they just did that. They've done it with or a few games. Just do it. They with have. All of them. They've done Detroit Human. They're doing a Death Stranding. They've done it with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. There's a few others. Neo as well. But it's like even if if they take the approach that Horizon Zero Dawn did, Horizon Zero Dawn came out in 2017. That was three years ago. Let it live its life on the PlayStation Five or whatever PlayStation Four, and then once those you know big number sales stop going in, you can remarginalize, sell that shit again for sixty dollars, and people will still buy it, even if it's. 40 or, or 50 or be consumer friendly and release them simultaneously like microsoft true but i don't feel like that would ever happen i don't know why but it is what it is but speaking of exclusives this does come up to our next and last story of the week this is like going on about yeah this is about as long as last week's i think this has been a lot to talk about. I didn't think we had a lot to talk about this week, but I was wrong. Um, just a friendly reminder that Ghost of Tsushima uh, reviews start going up 7 a.m. Pacific time on July 14th. This is the final PlayStation 4 exclusive of the generation. It's made by Sucker Punch Games, a.k.a. otherwise known as the uh, uh, developers who brought you the Sly Cooper series. And... Infamous Second Son, the, the the Infamous series as well. So, uh, this is their newest IP. It looks great. Um, it kind of reminds me of a um, kind of like Legend of Zelda. Um, oh my gosh, what's the new one called? Breath of the Wild mixed in with a little bit of Assassin's Creed. Because I know a lot of people have been uh, clamoring for a Japan Assassin's Creed, but I think this might scratch that itch for a bit. So we'll just have to wait and see. I, I definitely plan on picking it up um, after I finish my second playthrough of The Last of Us Part Two. But um, that pretty much does it for our news. Um, our yeah, our news show this week. Did you, was there anything else you wanted to touch on really quick before we uh, get into closing segments? I don't think so. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure wasn't sure if you had any last uh, remarks about the new Batman game. Um, <laughs> so, um, again, we are now officially a part of the Drive-In Podcast Network. Go check out musiccitydrivein.com. You can find all of our content there as well as many other podcasts, including a, musical po- a music podcast. And there's a few sports podcasts on there as well. And... Um, our friends over at Cinemania World, uh, Hannah has her own podcast as a part of our network. It is called Call Me By Your Commentary, where she watches movies with multiple guests and they just, you know, comment on movies as they, she comments on those movies as watching them. And I've, I started listening, I think she has two episodes up so far. And I I'm, think I'm like maybe 30 minutes into her first one, but definitely check out everyone else's, uh, everyone else's 
um, content on the musiccitydrivein.com. I'll leave a link in the description down below on YouTube and as well as on the uh, description of the podcast. And we have two reviews coming up. Um, so on Saturday, we will be reviewing our Last of Us Part Two spoiler cast uh, that will feature me, um, my uh, uh, friend uh, Ren Geekness over the Ren Geekness YouTube channel, Austin Putnam, and Zach Pope as well. They all have their own uh, YouTube channels. It's in the name, Zach Pope, uh, Austin Putnam, and Ren Geekness. So definitely go give their um, content a watch. They, they make some really good stuff on their uh, respective channels for sure. So we're going to be doing the Last of Us Part Two spoiler cast. That we're going to record it. On Saturday, um, I'll probably release it maybe Tuesday, the Tuesday after, because I want to like polish it up, make sure that it's nice, ready, and good to go. But we're also reviewing Hamilton this Sunday, so that's going to be fun, and we're going to be joined. I know Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> we're going to be joined by Jacob from the Music City Drive-In Podcast, the podcast network we are a part of, and our friend Kenzie, who um, writes pieces for the Music City Drive-In um, website as well. She is a uh, she, she's pretty cool. I did a nice little live stream with her. Um, a few i think it was last week so we'll we will be joined by them they'll be coming on um we'll be you know talking all things hamilton and reviewing it so keep a lookout for that um this sunday uh this coming up sunday during the evening time uh that was devin and my name is christian of course and um really quick like i said you can listen to our podcast on every major podcast platform where everywhere spotify stitcher google play um pandora all that good stuff uh we'll see you guys in the next one have a safe fourth of july to everyone out there and uh god bless america because we're gonna need a miracle peace